not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny On the day of the Labour conference, of course, New Labour famously once sang Things can only get better and for Cardiff City it's true, they did only get better Instead of losing 5-1, we lost 4-0 to West Brom We played 5 centre-halves instead of 3 centre-halves And we were more robust for it While the Mitt McCarthy, your choices were vindicated Welcome to another episode of View from the Ninian I'm joined as usual by Ben Price Ben, um, lot, lot got in from work, you tell us Yeah, it's been a long old day First meeting's back in the office Dressed up nice. It's weird just to wear normal trousers, to be honest. Wearing jeans is a novelty these days. Mm-hmm. What kind of jeans? Straight, bootleg, um, skinny? Slim, skinny, slim fit, uh, grey jeans. Very nice, mate. Topshop? Uh, no, River Island, actually. River Island do make good jeans. Uh, not sponsored, though. Uh, and Tom Phillips, you join us from... Is that your kitchen? Uh, I live in a one-bed flat, so everything's my kitchen. <laughs> and are you wearing jeans at this moment in time? Uh, no, I'm in a pair of wheels football shorts, as per... What year? Uh, these are the training shorts from 2017. Good year, vintage, vintage year. Good, good year, good good year. I, I am, for all avoidance doubt, I am actually wearing jeans because I've just been for dinner. So um, I'm wearing jeans at the moment. They are a straight cut Lee H&M kind of collaboration pair of jeans uh, for anyone who's wondering. Solid choice as well. I mean, it's a better conversation than what was served up by Cardiff City last night. So let's let's get straight into it. Uh, we've got a couple of games to cover, a couple of um, demoralising defeats, shall we say, Ben Price. Let's start with Blackburn away. Um, let's ask the question, did you think we would lose that? Did you think we would lose that? And did you think we would lose that that comprehensively? Um, I thought we'd lose, but I didn't think we'd lose that badly. Like, Jesus Christ, it was bad. I'll be yeah. I didn't watch the game live. I was uh, playing football for Roger Stone. So um I looked at my looked at my phone at half time. I think it was how many goals we can see after 15 minutes? One? One down, I think, at that point. Yeah, one down. I thought, oh, it's not too bad, we'll come back. Then full time sort of looks at my phone on the way back to the car. And I think it was four nil then. Yeah. And I just started laughing. Yeah, I think when the I think the f- which goal was the f- the goal which <laughs> I mean, Morrison kind of took it off Diaz's foot. It somehow went through Phillips's leg. Nelson oh. stopped it on the line and then kind of spooned it into his... It was kind of like last night's goal, Tom, but it was um, Diaz. It came off Diaz's foot last. That was probably the funniest goal I've ever seen. I just don't understand how it went underneath Dylan Phillips. <laughs> yeah. It looked like he kicked at the ball, but he was about five yards above it. I was just like, how was he not mid-contact? It looked like a glitch. And yeah. it, was just, it was absolutely bizarre. If that happened just, on FIFA, you'd throw your controller at the wall, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. It was absolutely shambolic. But it seems to be our trademark now, so it's fine. It should be expected. But, like, all the goals, like, the first one was just inevitable. It was a, a straight ball through the middle of our of the pitch that completely dissected our defence, which seemed to be 10 yards either side of him. Yeah. Which I don't quite understand. They can desperately for a flag. That was never going to come. No, because he started behind them. It's just that, it's yeah. just, our defence is that slow. Yeah, and then from then on, it was just like, oh, here we fucking go. Because we even started relatively well. Like, we looked like we should have, well, we should have scored through Morrison. And, yeah, we just capitulated, absolutely capitulated after conceding. I think Mick, Mick said after the game, it was, we were on top for the first 30 minutes and we looked like the better side. And then I don't know what happened at, at the 30 minute mark to make us all down tools and fall away. Um, but there was, was there any positives you'll take from that, Ben? Morrison scored a goal? No. 
there's nothing, is there? The pink kit looks nice. Does That's, it though? Is it not? Is it not wearing on you yet? You're not bored of it? Tainted now. We've, Tainted. Only, we've, we've only worn it twice, haven't we? One one, lost one. No, drawn yeah. one. We drew against Peterborough in it. Drew against Peterborough. Oh yeah, we didn't wear it at Blackpool away. Sorry, I just saw someone in it at Blackpool away and assumed we wore it. <laughs> <laughs> saw someone in Manchester bar in it and I assume we wore it. Yeah, we drew a Peterborough away. So we're what? We're we're seven goals against and three four wearing the pink kit. So on aggregate, we're we're four goals down. It's like the dreaded Wales away kit. It's going to become that, isn't it? Yeah. Every time we wear it, because did we wear it? Yeah, we wore it against Coventry as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, that's me burning it tonight. Good. That's ruined for me. I'm literally, I'm literally watching the goals back now. And the Blackburn goals, which is favourite, Ben. This is this is the level of um I think I think this is actually befitting of what Cardiff City's become, isn't it? We just don't, you know, they're so bad at the moment. Do you care that much to even watch the highlights before we go on the pod, Ben? No, you watch it during the pod. <laughs> so our listeners <laughs> can hear us. I haven't actually watched it. So yeah, our listeners can then enjoy it with us. Um I mean the the celebration for the fourth goal is quite good. That's a good backflip. Who did a backflip? Morrison's head Morrison's head is all right, the ball in. That, that's a positive, you know. Ryan Giles coming back, putting a cross in, and us going ahead there. Like the good old days, a few like weeks ago, <laughs> like a the, month ago. <laughs> like the good old, when we were going to piss the league. Hey, we piss the league is uh, now runner ground. We were going to score. Oh, 90 fuck headers. Me. Oh, that Ben's in the fifth. That's known as the penalty. The penalty, yeah. Fucking hell! Good penalty though from Diaz, isn't it? Right in the corner, whipped. Oh, it. it's cheeky. It's yeah. a cheeky little dink. Should we talk about Blackburn? Um, then they battered us. They've got some good players, though, haven't they? They're not even playing the lovely Bradley Dack at the moment, Tom. No, I know. So we could have got back even more if he was there. So that, is that a positive? I think so. You know, it could have been six. It's not for Ben, is it? Because we all know Ben loves Bradley Dack, so he's going to be disappointed with that. Didn't get we to got see battered, and he didn't get to see his favourite player. No, we didn't get to see him. Well, I am um... Shambles all round. Yeah, I mean, I, I we've written here what went wrong. I mean, it's kind of like an existential question, isn't it? Because everything went wrong. Like, it was just one of the worst performances. I think, you know, I thought we'd lose, but I didn't think we'd lose 5-1. And it just looked like the players had given up then. I thought the commentary performance was, like, totally abject. There was nothing about us there. Um, <laughs> Bournemouth wasn't much better, despite it only being 1-0. I thought, for the most part, we were poor. But fucking Nora, I don't know what's gone on at the club. <laughs> he's, he's so bad that Ben's swearing in 60s. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Tom, Blackburn was bad. And then we come back to West Brom and there's some element of hope that we're back at home. West Brom, are, you know, even their, their, their new style of football, their new manager hasn't been going down particularly well with West Brom and yet they came to the CCS and our expectations were low but holy fuck yeah I think what what summed it up I think Ben said before we came came on here was West Brom weren't even that great and still beat us 4-0 I text like, at half time saying they're there for the taking yeah that was quite funny, it I, was quite I, funny. I, actually no it was just I, before one of the goals but, but and you weren't even joking that, that was no. the, that was the best thing about it it's that like 10 minute one... spell but before half time where Bakuna had the one cleared off the line and five minutes after the game it was like there's a chance here we could yeah. score. And then they if Bakuna was any good at football, he should be on 10 goals already this season. And that's not even a joke. 10 goals. This season. <laughs> We're on 10 many, chances away. I, I, get your, I get your point. But Jesus, the bloke should be. Yeah, I know. It's The thing is, though, that wasn't even a shot on target, apparently. So He because, didn't touch the ball. He no. didn't. The ball was there. All he had to do was take a step forward and he just decided to put his thumb up his ass instead. 
No, yeah, Makuna headed it in. It came off the line, didn't it? Yeah, but apparently it didn't count as a shot on target. Yeah, because I know we didn't have a shot on target. We, yeah, but I thought, yeah. I guess. So what? What was that then? It, it wasn't guaranteed. To, I don't. I don't understand. Everything's <laughs> going against us. The stats are against us. I've had enough of it. Well, then. that was it. the funny thing. I was on FotMob and I was looking at their stats, and the only stats in the passing section we did well on were long pass, attempted long passes, and accurate long passes. So we'd hit something like <laughs> eighty-seven long passes, and twenty-two of them were accurate, which was more than West Brom sort of seventy, oh, eighty, and nineteen that were accurate. But West Brom's percentage of accurate long passes to attempted long passes was actually better than us. So even in the stats that we won on FotMob, we somehow lost because our percentage of accurate long passes wasn't. This was was less than West Brom. Yes. I had a look on FotMob. Please sponsor us, FotMob. Yeah, half time. And I think the favourite stat I saw was when you click on each player, you get like certain match facts for some players. Curtis Nelson's made the most successful tackles for Cardiff. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was probably the own goal. Yeah. And yeah. um, let's talk about that own goal. Um, I've written any positives here, Ben, but that was an impressive own goal, wasn't it? Good finish. Yeah, Took it well. Cross yeah. the face of goal in off the post. If, if, even if the keeper was there on the line, he probably wouldn't have got that because it's no, he's so far into the card. corner. Like when, when you're doing training, like shooting practice, one thing the manager often says is hard and low across the face of the keeper. Yeah. And that's, to be fair to him, exactly what he did. Yeah. Tucked it in, tucked it away nicely. Off the post at him. Uh, he reacted really well from the, the bouncing around in the box. So I think we should give him some praise for that. Yeah, it looks sharp. Yeah, look, quality, <laughs> he was on quality, his toes. <laughs> quality finishing, and yeah. yeah, just a shame it was at the wrong end. Um, yeah. Tom, I, I said any other positives. Mick McCarthy in his quite downbeat press conference, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, he like he highlighted that uh, Kieran Brown and McGuinness have played quite well, despite playing them probably both out of position. Uh, Kieran Brown, for me, I think he did quite well, but he looked fucking knackered after half an hour. There was one I think they were breaking, and he couldn't keep up with them. McGuinness looked good, but why are we playing at right back? I don't know. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like. It, as soon as the team came out, people looked at that defence and went, oh, fucking hell, there's five of them. Yeah. Like, I, how has he managed to do that? But like, but what's quite impressive with that like back line is that we've all obviously gone ultra-defensive here by putting five centre-backs. We've got no shots on target, which makes sense because we've gone so defensive, but yet still concede four. Yeah. And it's just... And, and then our best-looking players on the field were defenders. And it's just like, we're really clutching there. Because you look at, I think it was Glenn Williams's, um ratings um, for Wales Online, and our star man was McGuinness on four out of ten. And I'm like, I, I looked at it going, oh, that might be a bit harsh. And then I thought about it, I said, no, not really. If anything, it's generous. And it's it's just, I don't understand how we've come gone backwards so far. And I know the beginning of the season, you know, Pete DeBroway felt like a win which papered over cracks, you know, getting that last-minute equaliser. We were impressive against Blackwell away. We were, it was a good win against Millwall at home, despite them having a chance to equalise at one point. But it does show that we, we haven't... We don't look like battering the team, and now we don't even look like winning. And it's just oh, so demoralising. Before you jump in, Ben, I just want to say on the player ratings thing, I think Glenn Williams gave Mark Harris four or Kiefer Moore for, and he said he didn't remember him coming on and doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't so I bad. I don't remember what he did. Go on, yeah, mate. I know you can say something, then, but I just wanted to say that before it disappeared from my head. Um, when you say about like you're playing McGuinness at right back, he's not just playing right back, he's playing right wing back. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah that's true. Point. He's a right wing back. He, he, Him and Kieran Brown were the outfit to give us width and try and get crosses, which was normally our game plan. And yeah, just... And what the thinking is there is just beyond me. And then, to be honest, McGuinness, like we said, McGuinness did well. And then what does McCarthy do? Subs him. Yeah. The best player on the pitch for City, he subs. 
when no disrespect to Curtis Nelson, because I think sometimes he's made a bit of a scapegoat, even though he has he's yeah. having as much of a bad of a shocker as everyone else. He was fucking horrendous all night. Like honestly, one of the worst yeah. performances I've ever seen. He couldn't pass, couldn't tackle, Could apart score. from the one he made in the first half, and he scored just the most ridiculous own goal I think I've seen. And he managed to get the full ninety. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic with the subs. It's as if it's as if he's trying to get he wants the payoff, doesn't he? He the just doesn't thing, give a fuck. The only thing you can say about McGuinness is that he is coming back from injury. He's just played under 23s football. So that's the only that's the only mitigating circumstances I can see for him coming off. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But why problem, if, you, if you're worried about that, you don't put him a right wing back and expect him to get up no, and down the fucking pitch. Well, that's it. None of it's logical. The commentator made me laugh. Obviously, it's not his fault, but he was like, uh, on looks like West Brom are making a sub here. Considering the result, um, you know how the result is going for Mick McCarthy, you'd think it'd be him first. I say, like, well, you haven't fucking watched him then, have you? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't make subs earlier games. He doesn't try and change things. Like I think Forrest is the only time where I think subs have made an impact this season. Really, like in terms of it came on at the right time and it really, like, you know, we, we pulled it off. Um, yeah, it, it's a worry when you're losing a game like that, and the team that's winning comfortably makes a double sub before you make one. Yeah. Exactly. And did, did the subs have a, did the subs have an impact as well? Did any of them score? I can't remember who came on for West Brom. I had my hand. I just had my head in my hands. That Mo so probably missed. scored two or did he score one? He scored one. He scored that screamer. Oh, that was, was a hell of a goal! But I couldn't remember. If, I couldn't remember if Moat had started or came off the bench. That got the biggest round of applause of the night, other than Bartley winning a fucking race against a bin. <laughs> Good way. It was so bizarre watching the Sky the red button coverage because they blank out the stadium at half time. But they leave like the the microphone thing on, so you, we, I could hear the bin race, but couldn't see, see it. it. And it was just like, what am I doing in my life? I'm sat on the sofa listening to Caddy the recycling bin. Oh mate, it was it honestly. Partly, we've done uh, some weird stuff at the at, like at halftime. Like the clubs never really got halftime entertainment nails, other than when they used to have the kids' games on, and some kid used to just whoa. fly through some horrific tackles, which was yeah. always good fun. We had the wicks um, on me shed, son. Yeah, we had kicking into a skip. We, we had, had we had try and get it in the goal from the halfway line without bouncing. I took part in that one. Yeah, there was the one where they put an inflatable ring in the goal. And you had to try and kick it through the middle of it. Yeah. Whilst we got, the, you're not convinced me, boys, that this is successes. I don't know. But I enjoyed them. We've got off topic. Anyway, of the substitutions that came off the bench, Matt. Phillips I want to talk about Bartley racing a bright. We can get back to that because I haven't said. But Matt Phillips scored and uh, Diang Diangana. He got um, yeah. he got an assist. That so was the first time he's contributed to a goal since like May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Good for him. well done. Glad, glad, glad we can get him out. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well done, him. Uh, we talk about talk about the team selection, Ben. Five centre backs, two holding midfielders. About sixty yards between those holding midfielders and our strikers, where Ryan Giles is trying to win headers against Kyle Bartley and Semi Ajayi. Um, is Mick actively trying to get the sack? You, you've you've both mentioned that he's trying to get the payoff. Do you think he's I don't know, trying to demoralise everyone to the point where you just go off, you go, Mick. It feels like it, doesn't it? Like, I mean, it it felt like the equivalent of, I don't know if you boys have ever done this, like the last game of a season for your 11 side team, you put positions in a hat and you draw them out. Yeah. So we've done that before and you end up in funny positions and it's a bit of a laugh on the last day. It's like the last day of school. It felt like that. I mean, Collins on the wing because he just saw nothing of the ball. He, he seems like a nice lad. He's a tidy player, but he ain't quick. No, <laughs> he was the whip. He was the whip offering the crosses into that, the box. That was the thing I didn't understand. There were points where we, we were playing. It was essentially Collins and Ryan Giles as our attacking outlet. Giles and Collins were nine and ten together. But 
Giles is trying to win headers against two of the biggest defenders we'll probably play against all season. I looked on their Wikipedia. Jay and Bartley are both listed as six foot four, but Jay must be taller. He's massive. He's he just big looks. Boy. It's probably because he's so thin, but he looks so stringy. He's and so. Hundred grand we got for him. Hundred uh, grand. Yeah, salt. Good, good, good price we got for him, mate. He wasn't making an impact here, so I, you know, whoever sold him, I back that. What was it? Four million. Rather than sold him for them. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, you're going to say something then before I cut you off. Oh, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> don't know. Don't know. I'm just depressed by it. Have you I given up? That, no, I think I think the Collins thing. It's it's not new though. We've seen Kiefer Moore have to do that in games for a long time, go out wide to try and get the ball. But the problem is, Moore's slightly better at doing it than Collins as well. And I, I feel sorry for Collins a bit because he's had chances. Yeah, he, he should have scored by now. The one against Coventry, especially. But like, it, it's going to turn into another Medine situation, isn't it? Where he's going to have 20 games for us, get fuck all. And then end up moved on elsewhere. Yeah. Go back to Luton and bang him in at Luton. I yeah. can honestly see us loaning him out in January. Yeah. The way it's going. Oh, he needs a goal. He needs a bit of a run. Stick him out on loan. And not signing anyone to replace him. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember I remember when Glatzel, um, I think it was his first start against Reading away. There were moments where he was coming almost as deep as kind of 30 yards away from his own goal just to get the ball. It's like we sign these strikers and then expect them to be able to do everything. Get the ball, play deep, bring it forward, run the channels, be in the box for the crosses. And it's it's unfair because Collins, I think, <clears throat> like we signed him and it's like, this is tidy business. He's 10, 15 goals in the championship in yeah. a rubbish side. We bring <laughs> him in and the guy looks like he can't score. And it's not his fault. I don't think it's his fault anyway. I've just looked at the stats. Um, I've just compared James Collins's touches to uh, Phillips. <laughs> Collins had 23 touches. Phillips, 48. And was that Matt Phillips who came off the bench? No, it was in Dylan Phillips, our keeper. Mm. Oh, right. I thought you were on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Phillips, oh. Dylan Phillips made 37 passes and the pass actually 30, 30%. I tell, I tell you what, like I know he's, Onto about he, like they're just getting him to lump the ball, but he's been poor recently. And I think the status in the other day, he's made he's got the lowest percentage of shots saved out of any keeper in the league. Yeah. And to be honest, he looks devoid of confidence. And where he was so confident before, he's just like you look at him and just like that mistake for that goal against Blackburn where he's looked like he's kicked the five yards yeah. above the ball. Even the penalty, not, that he doesn't do that six months ago. He's just not getting near things at the moment. No. And you know, that doesn't help the defense, even if especially when there's five of them. And I, I don't know, yeah, I think from, from front to back at the moment, we're struggling. Like in middle of the park, Volks has been having a stinker. We're missing Joe Rolls there. It's just, even, I don't even know. Even Pack's gone backwards. You know, Pack looked so good at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and, and Flint, Flint, you know, Flint looks like a different player all of a sudden. He looks like the defender we didn't like 18 months ago. Yeah, and like even Moore's coming back. Like I think Mick said that it's because he's coming back from COVID that he's struggling with form a little bit. No, it's so just nothing fucking to him. He'd stick Messi in there and he'd fucking struggle. It's it's a bollocks excuse. Of course it Moore's is. Moore's pissed off. The reason Moore looks frustrated is he's getting shit service and we're playing this horrific style. Yeah. He's going to get frustrated. I mean, fuck me. Phillips had more... Pack, like Marlon Pack's job is a playmaker sort of with that midfield holding role is to get the ball moving. Phillips played more passes than him last night. Dylan Phillips made more passes because everything just went back to him and he'd hoof it fucking long. Any striker, no matter what, is going to get pissed off at that. And for Mick to try and say, oh, it's because he's come from COVID, he's set setbacks. Yeah, he has. But it doesn't excuse that he's just having no service. He's going to get pissed off. He's going to get frustrated. Um, to that question then, Ben, have the players given up? Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Look at that performance. Like the last 
20 minutes of that game was just a training ground. It was it was the pace of on a training ground because West Brom couldn't be asked to go for any more because they won the game. They it was done and dusted. Kicking a puppy, wasn't it? At that point, it was yeah, it was just pathetic, and the players just didn't look arse. Like to be fair to Pack, he went over and sort of held his hands up to the canton and was like, "Look, we know it's not good enough," and he said the same on Instagram. There's a lot. Morrison went up. Colwell and Harris went over. There was a lot of players that walked straight down that fucking tunnel because they just couldn't face the grief. What I did like was Volk sprinting off the pitch as if he needed to get off quickly because there was a chance of a comeback. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. He was messing about. He was like, "There's still time." McGuinness did the same. McGuinness, you know the whole thing of getting off like if you to make a quick sub, you get off for the shortest point, like the point nearest yeah. to you. He got off in front of the in front of the Ninian stand and walked all the way around. Brave, yeah. <laughs> in that <laughs> atmosphere, <laughs> brave. The, the whole stadium was an uproar at the change. No one understood. Like we all knew a change needed to be made, but to take off oh, the best nice. player on the pitch was just. That's why I liked it at half time. It was it was fit and packed at the same thing at half time. The, the whistle went and they sprinted down the tunnel. <laughs> it's like, why are you sprinting down the tunnel at half time? They're ahead of all the other players. It's like this isn't the time to sprint, lads. Um, you talk about the fans, Tom. It's I think we mentioned it. it after sort of eight minutes, there were boos and jeers, and I think that I, we were like, is that the earliest we've seen it at the CCS at Cardiff City? Do you think the fans were too harsh last night, singing things like "You're getting sacked in the the, the Cardiff fans singing to Mick McCarthy, you're getting sacked in the morning, Mick McCarthy, your football shit." Do you think that's too harsh? I think, like personally, I'm not a personal boo. Um, I, but I, I completely, boo, man. yeah, I felt like I completely understand why people who were there, you know, game in, game out, who've seen this shit for long enough, uh, they've got they're paying their money, they've got a right to do it. I won't be joining in, but I completely get it. But in terms of like... It being You'll be really nodding in, nodding in agreement. No, no, I'm either not, not nodding either. I'll sit there quietly moaning under my breath. But like, um, I think they were waiting for an excuse one day to start the booing. It felt like that. You know, it, it, this has been bubbling for a while. And, you know, people started to turn, well, almost as soon as he joined the club. And then we were, we were doing quite well. It's just Mick has... We, he's never taken to the club, like... He hasn't helped himself, you know, in press conferences, he's looked completely unasked. He's never gone over and clapped the fans. And it's just, it's just little things. And I know you shouldn't have to do stuff like that, but it's so easy to do. No, I think you should. I think your job as a manager, and it's the one thing Warnock did superbly early on, was he he got the fans involved. He made the fans feel part of the club again. Yeah, it's something that, that's true. When, the, when that happens and the club gets that feeling behind it and it feels like the team... And the, the like on the pitch and like in the stands are united. Like the clubs are very, very strong then. It's a really, really fun place to be, even when the results aren't great. Like it gives you that more time. I think it's the, like I genuinely think it's part of the manager's job. Look, you're you're the you're the figurehead of this football club. You're the yeah. man making yeah. the decisions. You're there to you you should at the very fucking least go out and acknowledge those fans that have traveled nine hour round trip to Blackburn, which isn't an easy place to get to yeah. after your team's getting an absolute tonking. Yeah, and I think you know, he's a manager of Cardiff City Football Club. Like he's responsible for everything that's going around, really. And like he had an ideal opportunity, right? We people haven't been in the stadium for God knows how long, and all it takes is like a couple of fist pumps in front of the fans as soon as you get back. People are, are there; they wanting to get behind the team. They've been crying out for it, and it's just never come. You see, like these memes with Mick McCarthy and the, the character he's shown in other clubs, and we've had we've had none of it. Mm. And, you know, and even Harris, like, sorry, Ben, like even Harris, I was a bit gutted when he got sacked because he tried, like he tried to get involved. He tried to G up the fans. Yes, he was useless at times, but he wanted to be there. He wanted to make a difference. And 
you know, he had the mannerisms that like encouraged people to want to like him as well. And again, again, fuck all of that at the moment, and that's adding to the frustration. I think you saw it yesterday, right? At the end of the game, he just stands on the halfway line, kind of just stoically stood there, shaking hands with everyone, but doesn't even acknowledge, doesn't even give like a doesn't even give a little little acknowledgement to the fans. Not even like a wave or a sorry. He just stands there looking around as if like, what's the problem here kind of thing. And well, it's the, just I, so, I, so fucking poor. I stayed behind sort of, I was really interested to see how the players would react and McCarthy would react um, full time. I'm normally sort of want to get out there quick because we're we parks and I'm to get out of, but I was like, let's have a look at this. And the second the booing started, sort of all the players went off the pitch. To be fair, the players didn't actually get that much abuse. They got quite a decent reception off the pitch. I think they just, I think clearly they're just as frustrated with the situation as we are. Um, the boos didn't come until it was just McCarthy left there. The boo started coming and he just sort of looked over to the canton where it was the majority was coming from because they're the guys that stayed behind, sort of looked over and just turned away. Yeah. There wasn't like a, it was just, it was just total no fuckery. It's just lazy. It's poor. It's really not something I want from my well, manager. All it's, the a little, it's a little gesture just to go, hands yeah. up, sorry, lads. That's, that's, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. All the fans want is some acknowledgement that they're hurt. And, he, you know, we can talk about what he said in the press conference, but, like, all we want is some reaction from him, don't we? We just want to see him to look as if to say he's not affected by it, but, like, he understands in that moment what's going on. For him to just to turn away is, again, it's, you know, I think we've, we're, we've been spoiled by having Warnock and Harris, who, re, you know, Warnock fucking loves the fans. He comes over and does that little fist bump at the end of the... Um, at the end of every game and obviously we had with Harris who at least good or bad he'd come over to the fans you know McCarthy you don't really know what he's thinking half the time because when it's good he doesn't seem to come over when it's bad he doesn't come over when it's indifferent he doesn't come over so what's he doing? He's not asked I think that's the problem on the pitch uh, Terry Connor was the only one making noise last night he was the only one sort of giving the instructions McCarthy was sort of hands in pocket just watching it all unfold and I know they're different roles and stuff, but Christ, when you're playing like that, you think you'd have more of a shout than the occasional Leo, Leo, come over here sort of thing to Bakuna. Yeah. It's just, well, he doesn't, it, it, it's not a case of like, we don't think he cares. I genuinely don't believe he cares. I think it's just, he's, he's made his excuse. He's going to say once the inevitable happens in a few days, whether it's, after Reading or after Swansea or however long it goes. It won't happen that soon. I don't think it will either, I agree. But I think whenever it happens, he's going to say, well, what do you want? They'll boo me from games such and such. And it's a little thing. Right? McCar- no, People wanted to like McCarthy. I think that's the bit he doesn't understand. Is the fans wanted to like him. They wanted to get on board with him. And they wanted to have a bit of fun with him. This isn't like Ipswich. I don't know if he's been burnt so badly with the Ipswich fans and what went on there that he thinks all football fans hate him. But They do. I hate him. I, I'm, I'm at that point now. Like, I, I want him gone completely, and I've got no time for him. I think he, he's an absolute arsehole. But he could have, he could, have, he had the chance to sort of repair his that, repair the reputation, sort of build a nice little bond with the fan base. But his arrogance just hasn't allowed that. And it's not a case of like, everyone's abusing him from day one because no, like he wasn't our first choice. No one really wanted him. But we gave him a fair crack, and we said it's fair enough. And to go from that to fucking this is just cock. Listen to what, um, listen to what he said after the game. Um, do you think there's an element of? And I'll come to you on this one, Tom, because Ben just I think kind of spoke everything that he wanted he, to he, say. He, that. Need, he, need he needs a rest. Out. He needs time out. <laughs> this, this is why I got cut off on BBC Radio Wales this morning. Well, for swearing. 
Oh, I didn't um, say cock, but it was close. <laughs> Mick, Mick said in the press conference after the game, I, I fully understand the fans. I've got no complaint about the fans at all. I shared a frustration. Whether we can get back into form we were in last season, I don't know. We need a result. We need it fast. We know it's not good enough. He also said something along the lines of people singing at me, the away fans, that doesn't bother me one bit. When the home fans start doing it, it's a different ball game altogether. I can't say we don't deserve it at the minute. Them jeering us because we've not played well enough. When he was at Ipswich, there was that famous moment where he'd been getting pelters all season, scores that late equaliser in the derby against Norwich, and he immediately turns to the fans and tells them to fuck off. He's not going to do that here because he sounds broken. Yeah, that was the thing that surprised me from the press conference. I thought there'd be a bit more like kind of oomph behind it. He sounds it was just abject. Yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm frustrated as well. He's like, I understand the fans. Like, I don't think you do, mate. I'm not being funny. If you understood the fans, we wouldn't be in this situation. And it, yeah, that's what's frustrating. Um, it, it, it's just the, the kind of lethargic nature to everything he's done. And he's saying like, oh yeah, the form of last season. Yeah, we started brilliantly underneath him. Tailed off. And then tailed off. Yeah, the end of that season, we went from looking like we were going to be in the playoffs to comfortably missing out. And yeah, we got a couple of good results at the beginning of the season, but we haven't strung performances together. And we haven't strung performances together since early in his reign. You know, where we, we did have some impressive wins, like a few 4 nils and stuff like that. We aren't anywhere near getting that now. The only good football we've played in the last sort of month and a half is 45 minutes at Nottingham Forest. I reckon we've had a full 90-minute performance out of MacArthur the whole time we've been here. Even the 4-0. Is it Barnsley the 4-0? I don't uh, think... Derby as well. I, th- I, think, I think we did early on. I think, I, I think we had some impressive performances against Bournemouth away as well. I think we've done some... We were pressing as a unit... We were we were closing teams. Yeah, down. there we were looked, a couple of games like that. We we looked like we knew what we were doing under him, and that was the thing I got excited about. It was kind of, you know, yes, the football has been largely boring throughout, but it was effective. But that effectiveness has gone now. The squad has got weaker. Um, there's rumours of people like Harris like being loaned out in January, despite us having no one else coming in. It's just it. I don't know. It it looks like the life has been just slowly. I just sapped from the club at the moment that it's it's worrying. It's really from top to bottom, it's really, really worrying. But do you think, Ben, when he says whether we can get back into the form we were last season, I don't know. This like air of dejection around him. This is this is gonna be the most existential question we've asked on this podcast. Is he is McCarthy now facing up to the fact that he's obsolete in the game? If he can't you know, we had last season where he came in and did really well. If he's saying whether we can get back in form last season, I don't know. Does he have any confidence in himself anymore? Does he have any confidence in his ethos and the way he plays? And is he realising that football is not long for him anymore? I think when you put play five centre-backs, you're showing you've got no confidence in the way you play. Yeah. I think if you're doing You're undermining your own ethos, aren't you? Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're doing that to try and stifle a team that then go on to smash four past you, you're definitely going to question your tactics and your sort of your knowledge. Um yeah, I think he is. And he, this, it does feel like football's gone more past him than, say, someone like Warnock. Warnock, as, as much as people criticize me of football, football in dinosaur, and it's a lazy comparison, or people like Hodge, Roy Hodgson, that they're not the most advanced coaches, but they kept up enough to sort of be, remain competitive in the yeah, modern adapted. game. They adapt yeah. and overcome, don't they? McCarthy lasted a month in Cyprus and then ended, came to Cardiff and got a good run with players like how much Harry Wilson go for to Fulham? 20 million. Yeah, like, like that. he's gone in with like a good squad there, and when the squad's been weakened because the club's not got any money, and they felt like McCarthy could do a job and bring the youngsters through, he's clearly now going, "Oh shit, this job's too big for me. Perhaps I'm not where I need to be." Yeah, and I think there's an inferiority complex about the club at the moment as well. Like before the Bournemouth game and before this West Brom game, 
you know, there's comments about stifling them, you know, kind of like not, not conceding, you know, yeah. them being better teams than us. We're at home, for Christ's sake, you know. We're, we were one of the, you know, in the top five to be, like, favourites to be in the playoffs, to be, to be in with a shout of automatic promotion. And we've got this whole inferiority complex that wasn't there before. Even when we were the biggest underdogs going, we always thought we were going to get a result. And last night was one of the first times we've gone into a game going, we're getting fuck all from this. Yeah. We've had games against Man City. We've had games against Chelsea. And I've always thought, we'd going into those games, there's a chance we can nick it. And last night, I went into it, and I put it put it on the TV out of a sense of duty, not of a sense of hope yeah. or anything, not out of a sense I was going to enjoy it. And it, and then when they scored the first goal within fucking four minutes... It's it like, like, that's it. There we there go. There we go, then. It was, yeah. it was kind of like, I'll say, a post really a master chef on in the background, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't do that, I better watch it just in case. And then the second goes in, third goes in, and it's just like, ah, oh, this is what we are now. And There it, were people just, walking up the steps when that first goal went in that turned back around and went back down to the concourse. I can imagine. Night. It's pissing it. Like, the weather last night was horrific. We sort of got... If I hadn't bought the tickets, I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have gone because it was torrential rain. It was minging. It was cold. It was really grim. No petrol. Then, people couldn't. People wasting petrol to get there. Then you see he plays five centre backs at home as you're driving there, and it's absolutely pissing down. It was almost enough to make me turn the car around. But to go from there and just see that performance, and within five minutes have an embarrassing. Like they can say it was a good goal. It was all this, but. People should have stepped out to him. We should have pressed them. We should have done far better for that goal. There were so many times we could have stopped it before that goal went in. Within four minutes, four or five minutes, you just go in after slam, getting slammed by five goals that like three days before. It's just not enough. It's, 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 taken him, it's taken him 10 games of a season. The first season we've been able to go back and watch Cardiff City properly in you know the best part of a year and a half. It's taken him 10 games to make people not want to go to the games. That's how bad it is. Like under Warnock, it was never, you know, even when it got bad under Warnock, it was never like, I don't want to go to the games. I don't want to watch this. Because you always thought with Warnock, there's a chance. But now, and this is the problem McCarthy's got, is that the fans have wiped their hands of him already. Like everyone last night has ex- basically everyone like I'm you know I've never seen Twitter as consensus as this I've not seen people talking on message boards as consensus as this everyone has just accepted that Mick McCarthy won't be here by the end of the season yeah. won't be here or shouldn't be here now and like w- what's the point there's what's the point in keeping him around the, the fans aren't going to get behind him it's going to become more and more toxic luckily we've got the international break so we can have a couple of weeks off from it but if we didn't have an international break coming up it would be horrible for the next four or five games. They, they tried actually. claiming there were 17,000 people there last night. That's the family stand was empty. Like, literally, there was probably there was 2,000 in the family stand at best. It was decent in the West. West Brom following was decent. Hmm. The Canton looked good with the new safe stand-in. And we got some lovely new... It looks like we've got some lovely new sponsor boards that are a bit taller than the old ones. But The Ninian the, stand was sparse there was no yeah, but the club the club have got to be panicking look a year and a half out from football fans were desperate to get into those grounds yeah and already people have caught nice enough for me yeah. money's tighter the money's tight at the moment things are shit christmas is coming up if the product's not good enough and not offering any value people aren't going to go and like we can say oh it's football you're not there to sport through thick and thin that's no. so, a part of football is being entertained and sort of enjoying it doesn't i'm not asking for ticky tack and all that shit but i'm asking for some sort of enjoyment just asking for fucking passion just look like they care. That's the fans thing, right? care enough to get out of out of there in that weather to fucking to try and support the boys. I want that's, a manager that at least acknowledges their existence. As Cardiff fans are simple folk at the end of the day, all we've asked for normally is people to run around and look yeah. like they give a fuck. And at the moment, like 
the manager looks like he doesn't give a fuck and it looks like the, and it looks like the players have given up. And it's the whole defeatism of press conferences and things like that that are not going down well. And it's a vicious cycle now because, you know, less people are going to turn up, so money's going to get tighter. We're going to invest less into the club because we haven't got the sales and stuff coming in. And unless something changes very, very soon, it's going to get worse and worse. And we're a lot further down that table than I thought we'd be at this stage. Like, it, it's quite scary. And, you know, and there's teams we're below 18th. us. Who, and there's teams below us who could turn it around as well. You know? We're 18th, and the teams below us are obviously the Jacks, and they're losing 3-1. Barnsley, who at any point could kick into gear. Yeah. You've got Peterborough, who's still got goals in them, and people like Johnson, Clark, Harris. Forrest, who've now got Cooper. Hull, who... Who in tonight. Who went in tonight. Hull, no, they're drawing now, one all. Uh, Hull, who, sorry. Oh, has it literally just gone in? I'm literally just gone in, yeah. Google's, Google, oh, has just updated. <laughs> This is live, live scores. Hull and then Derby are somehow winning. We're only Derby, despite having all those points deducted, we're currently only 10 points ahead of them. Oh, fucking hell. Hey, let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about the end of 23s. Oh, um, the question here is how come they play such good stuff and win things, Tom? Yeah, because I remember like a while back, we were like, oh, you know, it's good we can see a clear plan from the under-23s to the first team, a way of playing, you know, when Morrison and Harris were there together. And now it, they are poles apart. And thank God they are. Because <laughs> if they were playing like the first team, we'd be in serious trouble for the next 10 years. But no, it's great to see. It's great to see the youngsters winning games, scoring good goals. And, you know, I, I'd be watching a lot more of that than I used to to try and cheer myself up, I must admit. Because it, it's, it is some real, real good stuff that they're playing. And, you know, they've been behind in games and come back as well. And they've, They've handed out some drubbins as well. I think Sheffield United, they hammered. So, you know, it's good. It's good to see. There's some good names down there as well, isn't it? You've got Chanka Zimba, who's scoring a few goals. You've got um, Ryan Schwank. He's getting on the score sheet in recent Don't games. laugh at our academy products. No, I love his academy products. Um, ben, is it confusing to you? And it is to me, so um, I hope you agree. Um, that we play such good football at the under-23s and then we play such terrible football in the first team that Ruben Colwell's having to come and play left-back as he was doing last night at times. <laughs> yeah. It oh, why, have we, why have we cut out the cross? Because it's Ruben Colwell. Why is he there? It makes no, no sense. nothing against him. He shouldn't be there. Which, we, there was that thing... Um, when Trollop came in, wasn't it? Looking to establish an identity throughout the club that sort of the youngsters will play right through. But what they've seemingly done is sort of develop that style and that sort of identity all the way through until it gets to where it matters most in the first team. They've gone, nah, just fucking hoof it, lads. Yeah. If you're a midfielder, you'll never touch the ball. (laughs) It's a classic thing with Cardiff now where we've gone, oh, the other 23s are doing well. Steve Morrison, he's the man to take the job over. Well, that was the... That was the next question. Is he the future's first team coach, Tom? Well, according to we, we will look for any positives in it, you know, in the club. And the, he's he's straight talking, he's quite convincing in front of a camera. Good he head seems of to head. know stuff. I, I just one of the comments, like he was on about a goal we conceded in the last in, in the last game. And he goes, Oh, you know, we conceded this goal. I'll have a word with him inside the change room. We'll definitely have a word about that. And I was just like, Oh, you know, he cares. You know, he doesn't want to be conceding goals and stuff. And that's the type of things the fans buy into. No, he's not ready to take over. But, you know, it's, it's what we want to see at this club, isn't it? Someone with a bit of passion like that. And he's got a bit of the Neil Harris about him where he does answer his own questions at times as well, which I really, really enjoy. And to be honest, I really miss. Yeah, bring it back. Bring back Neil Harris. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Bring back Neil Harris. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably still getting paid by us, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so we, we've talked, you know, the end of 23s, the, the next part is the Cardiff City conundrum, right? And I think this is, this is, this is probably the, the part where there's, there's more existential question again as well, right? Everyone's saying that Mick McCarthy needs to go. But then the question is who you replace him with. Do you replace him with Steve Morrison? Do you bring someone in from the outside? But the problems at the club, Tom, go deeper than Mick McCarthy, don't we? I know, Ben, I can see you're chomping at the bit. This is why I've gone to Tom first. So uh, <laughs> come to you in a bit. We've said that, you know, it's, it's well publicised that we've got no money. We've got a board who seem to be half interested. You know, Dalman only pipes up when he can talk about having drinks with Boris Johnson. Last year, he tried to buy Charlton for fuck's sake uh, while running the club. Um, you know, we don't really have the the kind of systems in place to kind of make us I don't know sustainable in future so should Tan sell up at any point the issue goes deeper than Mick McCarthy doesn't it yeah it, it seems that there's decisions being made by people who don't know how to make decisions in football and I think that's what's frustrating it's like and you know when you've got someone like Dalman like you said who's, who's turned by like he might he was just going to disappear to Charlton while at our club and then just carries on as if nothing's happened you know and we just haven't seen anything of anyone in the club in so long. You know, they haven't been in, in the media. The only time they're in the media is when they're doing a dodgy press release about something they shouldn't be doing a press release about. And it's just, they just, there's no sensible decisions going on. It's like the managerial decisions, yeah, I got behind McCarthy when he came in. Eventually. But eventually. But it's like, you know, it's the same sort of thing. It's just short termism. There's no kind of longevity to anything that we do at the moment. And I just don't see where we're going. It'd be okay if we were losing on the pitch, if there was a clear kind of end goal. Yes, we've brought youngsters through, and we were, we were ranting and raving about that earlier in the season. And it's great that we have had youngsters. But now it's clear that the only reason they're there is because we've got no one got else. To plug the gaps. We've got to plug the gaps. And there's some real gaps there. And I got, you know, I think you asked me earlier in the season if you had enough from the squad. And I said yes. And I think I just fell into that trap thinking, oh, we've got some brilliant youngsters coming through. I think Baggins not as good as we thought he was going to be. Colwell will come. Um, Bowen, Bowen, I think Bowen's probably not quite ready yet for for permanent, you know, not for regular action. He looks good, but he's not ready to play every week. Yeah, and I think so. You've got to then look at the board to say, look, why aren't we investing? I think the, the best thing they did was, you know, we kept Kiefer Moore, so that looked like we were showing some sort of ambition. But to be honest, I think they were just hoping for a little bit more money, and it, it caught them unawares, and they didn't sell him in time. Looking back at it now, yeah. it doesn't look like a savvy decision at all. No, it just looks like they couldn't justify the sale. Ben, uh, you weren't on the podcast last week. It was titled "Where's Ben Price?" Give it a listen. Uh, Tom asked me what I thought, and I basically slated every every layer of the club from communications down to the fucking team that how stagnant it was. Uh, what do you think the issue is at the club? Is it the board? Is it everything? Is there one particular person? It all drips down. I think Tom, to be fair to him, nailed it. I think. Whoa, this, this all drips down from sort of one sort of area. It, it all feeds in the top. The club's in a really, really dangerous position, like Tom said. We, we've got a chairman that tried to buy another club that would have ended, would have been in the same league. I think oh, at the time, Charlton were in the championship, weren't they? I think so, yeah. Well, they were. Yeah, so he's trying to buy a team that are in the same league as us and then got to carry on like nothing happened. And it wasn't like it was a secret sort of bid that came out of nowhere. This was going on for weeks and nothing came of it. No statement from the club, no statement from Darman. And then he manages to pipe up on some other podcast trying to make out like he's done nothing wrong and he's doing all the things right for the club. Ken Chu is nowhere to be seen. He, they weren't there last night. They, they they vanish. When the tough gets, when it gets bad, they hide and wait for either to stick their nose in something that doesn't fucking belong to them. They've got no right in bringing it up or, or say something stupid that's going to anger the fans even more. 
they're, they're at the crux of this. They've made every bad decision that's sort of got, <laughs> gone on recently. We all knew what was coming with McCarthy when we signed. The reason we didn't want him is like because we knew this was going to happen. We knew that short term, oh, he's going to do well. He's going to get a contract. It's going to nosedive. And it's, we're going to be in the same position in 12 months' time. It's less than 12 months. And we knew this was coming on. The only people that couldn't see this happen were the board because they were happy. They thought, oh, we've got a big name in this to so keep the fans happy. It'll be the same as Warnock. They got lucky with Warnock. He managed to build a fantastic squad out of nothing. Since then, look at their, look at their appointments. Solskjaer was Darman's big, big push. He, yeah, almost he, crippled the, he almost crippled the club completely. Slade, not exactly the most exciting appointments. They realised they fucked up with it and tried pushing up the stage into a director of football role that he then went, nah, this is shit, lads, and pissed off after a week. <laughs> you then go, all right, we're going to play this fantastic Wales-inspired style. We've got this big vision throughout the club. Trollope comes in, who has been proven before with his job at Bristol Rovers. He's not a number one. He's not a first-team manager. Things went shit there. Club were bottom of the league. They sacked him. They got very lucky. games. Less than that, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was a short time. They did shit with that, so they got rid of him. Warnock comes in. We miraculously somehow got a promotion that sort of bought the club a lot more time and sort of gave them breathing room for a while. But that eventually turns out because, let's be honest, the club didn't spend wisely. None of the sort of, we got this money, we got all excited, and we didn't put any thought into it. We didn't develop anything. And it all just comes from the top. Harris comes in, they go for a young manager, they're going, we're going to change the style. Oh, that's gone shit. Quickly, let's panic. Let's bring in this old bloke again. Let's go Let's go back to route one. It's it, it, We said it before, and we could play the podcast on when Harris got sacked of just saying, look, we need long-term strategy. We need long-term thinking. We could play that exact clip now. We could cut it in here and have the same conversation. But the only people that aren't seeing it are the people at the top, and it's time for a change there because they're going to kill the club. Listening, listening, to, listening to Ben back there, though, I just remember how excited or like kind of false hope I gave myself every time one of those appointments came in. Yeah. Just looking for those positives, going, it could work. You never know. This might be a masterstroke. And I'll do it again, and I'll do it again, and I'll do it again. And I get overexcited. And I'm, yeah, I'm that type of mug who falls for it. That's why they do it. People like but me. Those lads, have, they've not got a masterstroke in them. And I'm not going to do them to save saying they know nothing about football. Call them a wanker. But, well, yeah, they are wankers. But they've been in and around, they've been in and around this club, what, 10 years now? They were thereabouts? I think Dalman, Dalman was uh, just before the first Premier League run. I think Chu came in after that potentially. But they've been they've, they've been around for sort they've of been around eight, for a while. eight years, sort of eight years to seven years, eight years to five years between them kind of thing. They know how football's run. Like, the, Dalman self-confessed as a football fan, Man United fan growing up and stuff. But they understand what fans want. They understand football. But I don't know what they're thinking is. They're just so short term. All we want is a defined thing of the club to come out and say, this is the vision for the club. The under-23s are doing this. We want to bring someone in. So, well, they tried that with, that's a bit that cook, cooks me, is they tried bringing that with Trollope, bottled it because things were going badly. Either, either run that style and commit to it or say, sorry, lads, we're looking short-term success here to go into the Premier League to look up and sell. We just want clear. Dif- we just want to know where we are, where we stand, and then fans can spend their money accordingly. Because what they're doing at the moment isn't fair to. Let's be honest. The South Wales area is hit hard with a lot of stuff at the moment. It's not exactly ever been the most affluent yeah. of areas. Fans are spending a lot of money going up and down this country. They need to be told whether this club's got any ambition and whether this is where they want to spend their money or whether they want to start looking at doing other other things. 
Because when the fans know they'll make decision and it'll help improve things, because at the moment they're not knowing is I think Matt Ali said it on Twitter. It that's that's the bit that's crippling the club anything more anywhere else. And like we've given the marketing team a hammering over the time because it's poor. We know it is. We sort of look at it and then you sort of look into it. I think they've got three people in their marketing department. Everyone's hamstrung at the club, right? We're, we're running on a skeleton staff, we're running on a shoestring. Um Newport County have a bigger mar- bigger marketing department than Cardiff at the moment. I think the Newport, Newport County media team was about eight people. I saw a photo of them. It was like, great day with the Newport County media team. There's eight of them. And they do a fantastic job. They're yeah. really innovative. But these poor lads, and like, look, I'm, I've criticised Mark Denham in the past, but sort of looking at it sort of now, you sort of see what's going on. Like, he's not got an easy job. The stuff he can improve, but like, those lads haven't got an easy job. They're doing their best, I think. Are you apologising to Mark Denham? No, not that much, but I think it's time to give them a break and start looking elsewhere, putting our anger elsewhere. There's... It's time to start looking what we can do to get these people out of the club, to be honest. I think it's time to start. We haven't had a protest for a while. COVID, Let's have a protest. COVID, Let's have a protest. COVID restrictions are over. Let's do it. All right. Is that, is that Ben Price signalling the protest starting action? Yeah, I'm not organised. Waving the red asked. flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waving the red flag. Um, so everyone's looking forward to Saturday and Reading, eh? Hey. Uh, I mean, Ben, that was pretty... Pretty wide range. I don't know anything to add to that because I ranted last week uh, and basically said the same thing. I think there's so much, there's so many problems at the club, and we're kind of, as a club, we're kind of just turning our head to them and just kind of going, deal with that later, or burying our head in the sand, going, or oh, maybe that's something that we don't have to deal with right now. And it's just going to come back and bite us on the arse eventually. And I think, you know, when when Tan comes to sell the club, and I, who knows what Vincent Tan's thinking? We don't hear from the guy anymore. We don't see the guy anymore. When he comes to sell the club, there could be a massive kind of wake-up call for whoever comes in because so much of it has been um, ignored and so much of it has been left to kind of flounder. Yeah. it's Tan should be a hero for what he's done. The rebrand killed it, but there's a lot of good that bloke's done. He puts a lot of money into the club and now he's sort of out of the way and sort of, he's literally he's still putting in millions of pounds a month to keep this I club know. afloat. Like, he, he could... He could do, he could be like a real popular guy, but the people around him just don't seem to let it happen. No. And when things have gone wrong, they've gone very wrong. I think that's the thing, isn't it? If yeah. everything has happened well, you know, there's so many unforgivable things and still so many unanswered questions around some really tragic things in this club as well. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. if, if you're if, if you're not a Cardiff fan and you're a neutral or a fan of another team looking at us, we're a like we, we, we've been mentioning other basket cases. We're in another one of those basket cases that kind of go under the radar. Like we've kind of got away with it for a while. And like you said, at some it's, point, just going to catch up with this. It's been a sort of a 10, 11 year banter era, hasn't it? That hasn't really, oh, yes. hasn't really um, come to the fore. It's been a banter era with like success thrown in. And yeah. there was a big, there's a big discussion on my Twitter about sort of, oh, let's look at relegation. Like going down to League One could be the best thing that happened to us to start again. <sighs> And people, people that say that seem to think every club has done a Norwich and Southampton. Which what when did they do that? Ten years ago? Ten? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, ten years ago. Went, would have been ten years ago this first. season. Well, well, Norwich, Norwich did it the season. The Norwich did it the season we had Bellamy for the first time because they came up. They they lost the first game of the season, the season four, came up to from League One to the Championship under Lambert, I think it was, and then yeah. got promoted at the first time of Askin. And then Southampton followed on the following season doing it. And yeah. no club's done it since then. And the people like, oh, Ipswich have rebuilt. They're better. They're well, in the relegation zone. Like Wolves, Leeds, teams like that who have dropped the League One, Sunderland, and recovered. Yeah, then, but there's so many big, like, like you're bang, you're bang on. Like, there's so many big names that have, have just thrown money at it, are struggling yeah. to get back out. And we're not a big enough club to think that 
we're, we, we're some God-given divine right to come back at. We are not as big a club as we think we are. And here's, and here's the thing. What the fans don't realise is that if we go to League One, a large number of these fans will desert the club because we've got fair weather fans who follow the club. Probably smearing a lot of people with a brush here and listen to the podcast. But we've seen it before. When we drop in and out of the Premier League, you know, Premier League two years ago, sell out every week. Now we're getting 17,000. But it's not even that. We'll lose so many people from around the club as well. If we went down, the bare bone staff and what's happening at the club now gets cut even more. Yeah, jobs go. The, jobs mon- go. the money yeah. is... Like I think it's ten percent of what's in the championship. Well, Wickham basically said they've lost. They've estimate around ten to fifteen million pounds of residual income from not being in the championship. So you go up, you get the the immediate bonuses from going up to the championship. And they said if we'd stayed up, that would be another sort of ten fifteen million pound over a season. And that's what they're looking to sue the EFL for. And we can't afford that. We're in the shit as it is. Um, and there's just no. There's people seem to think it's this. This will happen. I'm not saying like if you get rid of Chu and Dalman, it's not an easy, it's not a straight fix. The right appointments have got to be made, and there's a lot of work got to be done by those people to get things going in the right way. It's not as simple as, as going, oh, sack McCarthy, sack Dalman, sack Chu, and everything will be fine. Because it won't. Look, we're, we could be going for a real big transition period that might end up with us going to League One, or we could work out real quick and turn around real quick, and we could end up in the Premier League. You don't know, but we need people in that place in that position that can make those decisions that are really going to know what they're doing sort of making a difference because what these lads are doing now and we've been there long enough isn't working and it's just 100 time from a change from top to bottom you start at the top and work your way through the club and that's why i'm proposing that we join the board as chairman ceo and chief of operations i'll be chairman yeah, I was about to say, uh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I'm sharing this fucking podcast, boys. All right. Anyway. What I would say is we're five oh. points off the playoffs. So, there you we know, go. There we go. Oh, positives. Thanks Not for fast. the positivity, because I was about to say time is some positivity. Let's go over to the Twitter questions. This should be fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I haven't really filtered these, and there was something like 34 comments. So I'm going to rifle through these, because we almost had an hour already. Oh, this might be a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, give me a two-parter. Paul Stollery, friend of the pod and former next-door neighbour of mine, losing 5-0, 5-1, then 4-1 is quite bad. But to bring in five centre-backs for the second result screams, I have run the fuck out of ideas. The only argument against sacking him is we'll probably end up with Chris Hutton. Uh, Glyn, I simply cannot understand where the balloon payments go when we get relegated from the Premier League. Fulham and Bournemouth by decent players, but we are immediately impoverished. McCarthy should go for playing five centre-backs. Uh, should go for playing five centre-backs and not dropping Nelson Phillips and Bakuna. He does. He wants you to be dropped on. Accidental Vegan says, I think the, the issue was Mick doubling down on the system, which is clearly not okay. Five centre-backs is unforgivable, especially when five at the back and pump the balls to Bakuna and go is, co is the root of our issues. No width, players outnumbered and isolated in midfield, up front, etc., etc. But apart from that... But apart from that... <laughs> It was quite good. Um, Matt Davey, why are we always in this position with managers? As a club and the people running club have to see that employing managers that have been around the mill is not the answer. We have to get someone with long-term plan and then the fans will relax knowing that the plan is there. Mike Young, it starts with a could-not-care-less absentee owner is in his gatekeeper, Servile Minions. Tan has paid, been paid back his entire investment in the club by taking back the relegation bonus payments. Uh, Brad Owen, the problem runs deep into the runnings of the club, but yes, Mick McCarthy has to go to play side five centre-backs with the aim of not conceding is embarrassing to begin with. Still conceding four just makes it worse. The archaic football simply doesn't work anymore. The issue is finding a replacement. 
Gareth Gardner, manager has to go, but also Tan needs to look at what's gone wrong above Mick. The divide between the club and the fans is now huge again after Warnock bridged that gap. Mick's reliance on Bakuna, Phillips and Nelson is depressing as much as the formation and waiting for his subs. Scott Salter, friend of the pod, is getting rid of Mick enough. He had to go, don't get me wrong, but the issue is deep-rooted into the club. More needs changing than just the manager. Rob, Last night was a turning point. Players looked bereft of confidence and fans have turned. You could say a couple of good results will change that, but one, players don't look like they will get the results and two, we'll still be playing awful football. No confidence in the board. Stuart Holt, even when we won a few at the start of the season, I wanted him out. Always got to be one who says they said it first. We scraped by against some of the weakest teams in the divisions and then as soon as we want, to, as soon as we play anyone decent, we get shown up. Board needs a plan to rebuild and get back to the Premier League in five years. Josh. Oh, calm down. <laughs> five years maybe ten years Josh the players don't look like they're playing for Mick but even getting rid still leaves Tan, Dalman, Chu etc with no one having a, any clue about football not like a new manager can try much else until we sold all our wide players and have zero creativity or pace just realise this is the first podcast in a while where we haven't mentioned Wesley Tomlin um, oh you've done it now yeah I know but I'm not going to ask the question uh, Lawrence Josh Murphy too to fill a hole he's gone um, Lawrence uh, Lawrence Mora look forward to listening lads from an outsider's point of view to go from three defeats in 26 and loving the headed winners to last night's song choice in a month is startling even in modern football terms is it down to a lack of connection between, between fans and Mick as much as the style those hardy souls left at full time who clapped the players who sheepishly went to thank them but were completely ignored by Mick who headed down the tunnel after shaking all the players hands it feels like there's no relationship there or am I reading it wrong he's not reading it wrong is he there is no relationship there no, wait, wait to rub it in, isn't it? Yeah, thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> Hope you look forward to listening to this. Uh, new reports on Talk Sports, so maybe you could be a friend of ours. Um, Josh uh, Francis, first question. So we'll come to you on this one, Tom. What manager would you like to see? Because pers- Well, second question after Lawrence's. Because personally, unless we look abroad, I don't see anyone available who can quickly change our way of playing. For me, I've got one obvious answer, but I'll come to you first, Tom. I started doing like the, the things from last time, kind of got Googling the names that were there last time. Cowley's, are oh, there at Portsmouth. Bellamy, sadly, you know, he, he, he's removed himself from football at the moment. And, and just going through the list going, they're either taken up by a club or the names there are just damn right depressing. And there, there isn't an obvious answer, is there? It, it's going to be a left field. Well, apart from the one obvious one that you've got. Well, he's not, he's not that obvious. Bren, have you got any options? I've got, I reckon, actually... Mark Hazelwood, he's out of jail, <laughs> you know, from fraud. He's helping out come out in town now in Cumbria South. Get so him in. Why, why not give him a shot? He knows the club. Get him in. Ben Price? Who's the bloke who just left the Nomads? Oh, uh, Andy Morrison. Oh, I always get you to Andy Robinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andy Morrison. Um, Andy Morrison with a five on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Ainsworth for me. Gareth. Oh, yeah, good point. I, that was one of the things so, so, last time. So my, my choice is Michael Appleton. I think he's done a really good job at Lincoln. He's not having the best season so far this year, but he had he did a really good building job at Lincoln. Got them into you know one game away from getting promoted last year, and they were very unlucky to miss out on promotion last year. Has good links to a lot of youth academy systems in the UK because he was obviously at Leicester, at Oxford, um, and I think he he's, he's plays relatively attacking football, and he's a bit of a hard bastard. I think he'd go he's down well he, here. He's well, that's too well thought out. That's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think sorry, the, I normally right, look uh, Lee Trundle. But like you know, like Chris Hutton. Yeah, Chris Hutton. That's really clueless. I think normally you'd look around the league that's someone we could poach, but we're we're not big enough club to do that anymore. Like I think we, people look at us as a basket case where you'd look at clubs like I don't know Coventry, you know, and Robbins who's doing a job there. We're not good enough to poach someone from Coventry now. 
No. You know, well, we'd have to have a drop down or someone who's under, who's currently available. Coventry are getting spanked 5 0 tonight, though, so he might get sacked. That's a good point. Nathan Jones, get him in. Nathan Jones, he's Welsh as well. Uh, loves the Lord. Um, Daniel Morgan, can I take my, my comment about finishing 8 to 12 or bringing youngsters through? I can't watch that shit week in, week out. Two crying emojis. I think we need to sack him before the derby or we're going to get embarrassed. I this mean, isn't dark- bringing youngsters through, though. Let, let's be clear. What we're doing to someone like Colwell and Harris at the moment is not bringing youngsters through. Yeah, we're killing their confidence. They're being thrown into the fucking deep end and drowning because no one's supporting them. Ben Morse, our style for a while, style for a while, has been big physical, resolute, but even under Warnock, there was pace in the team to inject some fear and energy into our scene. Besides Giles, we're a bunch of slow bastards, which make us even more one-dimensional, a sign of Mick McCarthy's lack of squad management. Ellis Hearn, when am I going to get on the pod? Fuck's sake. But more importantly, for long-term success, do Cardiff as a club and a fan base need to maybe have a painful couple of years to change the style of play, players, coaches, staff, the lot before we finally need to change with the times? And does that change of guard start us with us signing Barry Banan from Sheffield Wednesday? I'd like Banan here. That's an interesting point, though, Tom, about the, the painful couple of years. Do we need to go through mid-table mediocrity, maybe flirting with relegation for a bit to actually go through that kind of um, changing of the guard? Sorry, I kind of missed most of that because I was concentrating using Banan rather than Bannon. Barry Banan. It's completely thrown me. Barry <laughs> Bannon. I don't know why he's saying Banan. Banan. And then he doubled down. Let's have a Bonanza. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? Um, do we need to go through a painful couple of years um, to, to kind of have a reset? Well, I feel, yeah, I suppose so. But we're kind of really in the painful bit, it feels like. But yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's just risky having painful years, isn't it? Because it could see you disappear into obscurity. You know, it's not as simple as just, you know, you know, we're seeing it like Swansea getting away with it a little bit. You know, they, they keep bringing in loan signings and just getting away with it. But it feels like it's between us and them who's going to get caught out first at the moment. So I think, you know, yeah, it might be need a rebuild, but it's this dangerous. I've got fucking loads of these still to go through. <laughs> Jareth Webb. This, maybe we have to pepper these throughout the podcast. This run of games has been the worst I've seen in a long time. Teams are scoring with ease. We don't look like scoring. Pointless playing two midfielders because they're outnumbered when defending and they're watching the ball fly over their head. We're trying to go forward. Matt, I've seen us play some tight, exciting games versus Cardiff, but I've never seen a Cardiff team fold as easy as that. Who do you support? West Brom. Says it all when your fans are joining in with us giving mixed stick. Hopefully you'll get a positive change soon. Need to have humour to stomach Mick McCarthy. Thanks, Matt. David Gross, Mick out. Clearly the players have lost faith in his methods. We have gone backwards big time. The non-existent passing of the ball directly to the teammate is horrific. Steve Harrison, he should go. Should he go, might be shout-promoting Steve Morrison for the rest of the season. Gareth Knight, we're going backwards. The fact that Mick has set us up to frustrate teams in the last three games, we've conceded 10 goals, nine in the last two. I can't see where we go from here. Mick was never a long-term appointment. You enjoy this, aren't you, Ben Price? Adam Bray, nothing else needs to be said. I can't take much more of this, Mick. And it's uh, Gwen, um, not Gwen, Pam from Gavin and Stacey. That's um, the only thing I miss about McCarthy is these memes because uh, I know it's easy. I, 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 I know it's easy content, but they are funny. They are funny. Look, I, I, there's a, there's a lot here, and I'm gonna. Martin Jenkins is anyone Mick in? I'm not convinced he'll go. Um, Jamie Jackson need more time for what? Diaries. To be honest, I'm so tired of the manager merry-go-round now. Someone comes in, nothing else changes. He sacked a year or so later. Only Warnock bucked this trend. They need a man more than a manager to change now. I find myself half wanting to need to change everything but the manager. That's probably a fair point. Carl, Mick 100% has to go. No question about it. Tim Burns, Mick out. Uh, Tom Lang, if Mick is sacked, then we should be looking at someone like Chris Wilder, which is a great shout. Um, and then friend of the pod, we'll end here, uh, Ryan from Alternative Wales. If, when Mick is sacked, how long do you think it would take, be until you're doing the same podcast about the next poor soul to take over and say? <laughs> and I would say six to eight months. 
that's on average what it is these days, isn't it? That's the I, most... I remember doing the Warnock part, part of, like less than two years ago yeah. with Scott. <laughs> it was he got sacked what November or October of 2019. So less than two years ago. Jesus. And I, I, I kind of laboured the point with a lot of those. Not laboured the point, but I went through and made sure we went through every single one of those. That's the most replies we've had in the tweet about comments for a podcast in, I think, you know, a long time. And there is a consistent theme running through them. And it's Mick out, but everything else needs to change as well. And it's the first time, I think, in a long time that the fans... I said this at the top of the pod. There's a real consensus running through the fan base at the moment. And I think Mick is... You know, it's not it's not great on the pitch, but Mick is going to be the casualty of all this, isn't he? Because he's going to go. Nothing's really going to change with the board. We're going to bring in another manager, and things might change for a little bit. Tom, start again. Yeah, start it's again. Just, like I, I, I'm normally the last to kind of call for a manager to go out, just because I'm just overly optimistic about everything. Largely, you know, I, I, I get excited when people are brought in, and I don't want them to go. I feel sorry for them as people. Normally, I'm like, oh, it's a bloke losing his job. But at the end of the day, I don't want to call for him to lose his job. But it, this one just really seems inevitable, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I feel like if I'm getting to that point, then I reckon 95% of the fan base are probably already there. I'm not I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's as low as that, mate. I don't... Normally, you always get one, even, like, in a small sort of echo chamber that we've got on our Twitter feed and social media is everything. You normally get that one that's still... still Like, Neil Harris, not everyone... 90% were, but not yeah, I was, I was on the fence. I must yeah. admit, I yeah. wasn't sure. I was, I was as well up until the last couple of games. But this is, I think, everyone's in agreement this is the right move for the club. But the other issue isn't it's part of the point that everyone's bringing up is the people that won't make, the people that need to make that change won't make that change until, for, for longer. I don't think, we can lose at Redden on Saturday and I still think he'll be here because I don't think they want to spend the money. We're not in the relegation zone. All right, we've got the derby yeah. coming up, and it's going to put more pressure. But I don't think I don't think they've got the bottle to do it. Not the bottle, but I don't think they care enough to do it. Yeah. Agreed. Well, the good news is the Man United aren't playing well tonight, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer might be available soon, so we could bring him back in. <laughs> um, we got the last point, Reading preview. What's the fucking point? Well, they lost, so there's some hope. You know, they were a resurgent Reading a week ago, and now they've lost the derby. So, you know, positives, Ben. All right. Um, uh, all right. Are we going to beat them? No, no, of course not. But, um, <laughs> they're going to they're going to go into administration, which seems going to happen any day now. Or is it administration? Or are they just getting points. Got for... get, that is, it's more um, I, Derby were in administration. I think Reading are just um, just your classic financial irregularities. Cool. So <laughs> fraud, and they're still going to they're going to lose those points and have that sort of buzz against them, and they're going to battle. Oh God! Yeah, they're going to get the points deduction on Friday, and it's going to be like right, the team are all pulling together, and they're going to. Well, I'd say a plucky one nil, but they'll beat us three nil somehow. Yeah, but uh, our record against Reading recently is not exactly fantastic. Anyway, no. I can't remember the last time we beat them. You know, fuck, because it, it goes back even to when Dave Jones was there. Because I remember we two all there was two two all draws in the season. We lost them in the playoffs, or you know, Mikel Lager would punch Michael Chopper in the last minute. I remember Federici scoring us in the ninety sixth oh, minute one, against us. I went Boxing Day one. I went it? to the game where we lost three nil and in Warnock's last season with us when Volks made his debut and Nelson played it right back in that game. Why are we playing him at right back again yesterday at times? Um I can't remember the last time we beat playoffs are beating us like 
Oh, they're a bit of a bogey side, really, aren't they? Yeah, we've got a terrible record against them. So predictions then, because I can't really be asked talking about the game in too much detail because, I mean, we're going to play five centre-backs. Kiefer Moore will probably start and get no service. Yeah, we've been on you for about three hours ranting. Yeah, we so. have, yeah. Um, oh, go on, predictions. Well, my last predictions have been awful. I put Blackburn as nil-nil. Um, uh, I reckon it'll be one all. One all. Wow. Yeah. Who's we ain't score? fucking scoring. Oh, it'd be an own goal or something. But I'd be what it's fine. One all. Ben Can Nelson score an own goal, own goal for us. So I that's think... the trick, isn't it? We need to wear our away kit. It looks and... like we last beat Reading in 2015. Since then, draw, loss, loss, draw, draw, loss, draw, draw, loss, loss, draw. Oh, what's the point? I remember going there. I think we <laughs> lost two 0 last time I went to the J Ski. Uh, last time I saw a play, I went to the JC was in the FA Cup. Three all. That was a that was a one all draw at the Medeski. I was there for the like comeback one on the Monday night when we wore the luminous kit. When was it? Tomlin scored, wasn't it? Tomlin and, and Bennett. Bennett. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good game. There's the Lee Tomlin mention. Well done, yes, Lee Tomlin. Got him in. And I think that's a good time to leave it. We're going to lose two 0 we're going to lose two now. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I'm going to go for a 3-1 loss. Um, Pushkas, who has I think scored this season, is going to get a hat-trick. <laughs> Even if he's playing. Um, that was an illuminating and fun pod, wasn't it, Tom? Oh, fantastic. It's really cheered me up. <laughs> Good, Ben. Um, are you sad about everything now? Yeah. Yeah, just the poverty in the world. Just everything's falling apart. Global warming. The existential looming. Just a threat of nuclear war. I saw North Korea tested some new nuclear weapons today that sort of seemed to be ready to fire in like a matter of minutes. I didn't think it would get any worse, but Ben, you've taken us to another level of excellence. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's grim, mate. The world's grim. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian, where you can give us some money for all the work we do here on the podcast, because we do this for the love of Cardiff City and the enjoyment of the sport. Uh, and you well, can also the 1% of the world hoard all the rest of the world's wealth and plunge millions into poverty. Right. People are starving after a lack of money. Remember, you can follow us on twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. And uh, the final entry into the View from Ninian Hall of Fame tonight is Ben Price. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic with 100% of votes. 100% shit of votes. in. Doing Mitro's celebration after he scored the first goal, then doing the Ayatollah. What a bloke. And scoring a hat-trick against the Jacks. So, uh, oh, you got Alex- a hat-trick in the end, did he? Alexander Mitrovic, this podcast is for you. Enjoy. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 
That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>